0: Turn with us this evening to Matthew 15, and we'll just get right into some things. Matthew, the 15th chapter, for those that have not been with us, we have began, I guess this is the sixth session of a series that we began a little over a month ago, entitled Truth or Tradition? And... Uh, Of course, we don't just pick something out of the hat to preach and pray and seek the Lord about it. And I believe that we are involved in laying the foundation of this church with these things. I have prayed in earnest, and I know others have prayed and sought the Lord about this. And uh, we, Phyllis and I, didn't just come here to be doing something. We wouldn't have come. Unless we felt very confident that the Lord had directed us to come. And we didn't come here to Branson to retire. Oh no, we just uh, added a bunch of jobs. <laughs> Amen. And that's all right. How I many you know down here is time to work? I don't care what age you are, I don't care uh, if you have retired from your profession, still, you never retire from the work of the Lord. Until you breathe your last or the trumpet sounds, Amen. 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 Say it out loud, everybody. Everybody. Or to be working working. for the Lord, Lord. everybody, everybody. Everybody. So we do believe it's the Lord, and we don't want to do anything just because somebody else has done it or because it's an accepted thing. In seeking the Lord, He began to deal with me about this, about the truth versus tradition. We want the church. You want your life built on the solid rock of the truth. Amen. Amen. There is a lot around that people presume to be true, but they have no scripture for it. Hmm? And Jesus goes into some detail here about this. Let's read in Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew 15. I want to let's pray again real quick and release faith with me. You know, our uh, ministry tonight is not just based on me only. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. And it's okay if you want to say amen once in a while. It's okay if you want to lift your hand. If you want to say praise God, that's all right. Amen. Amen. let me know you're out there and awake. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and faithfulness. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you this evening, and Lord, we just have already asked you and do look to you for the exact utterance and the exact message and ministry for now, for tonight. Give everybody, we ask, ears that hear, eyes that see, a heart that's open and receptive. Let there be divine grace deposits and truth impartations, and we'll give you all the praise and glory, and we'll not be just hearers only, but we'll be doers. And we know, as we do, we shall be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said, "And say it again." I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer. Of, the word of, God. of the Word of God. Matthew 15. Let's begin reading. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, "Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders?" For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Can you imagine people taking Jesus to task? Can you imagine somebody jumping on Jesus and saying, Why don't you do like we do over at our church? They did. I said, They jumped on Jesus. Well, if they jump on you, don't feel so bad. You're in good company. Just make sure that whatever you're doing, you got plenty of scripture for it. Yeah. Hmm? He said, uh, verse 3, he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? He gives an example of honoring father and mother and how they had completely done away. With the word on that subject. By a, a tradition they had come up with. That said well. If you give all your money to the Lord. Then you're no longer responsible to do anything for your parents. Hmm. That's scripture isn't it? I mean I'm reading this. That was a tradition. You know let me just take a little side journey here. Is that Okay. The scripture, Jesus here himself interprets honor as doing things for people financially and materially. Our society doesn't have that connotation with the word honor. When we hear honor, we think, you know, uh, give somebody a big title and make a big to-do about them. And there is something there. But Jesus interpreted it here as doing something for financially and materially. You know, that's one reason you need to prosper. I said that's one reason you need to prosper it is a key to things going good in your life and you having a long life isn't that what Ephesians 6 said Hmm? children are to obey their parents and we are to honor our parents in the Lord and he talked about this is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and you might live long On the face of the earth. Anybody in here believe that? Then buy mama a new car. Uh I'm serious. Help daddy and mama get into a better house. Now people say, well, I I would if I could, but I'm just not there. That's why you need to get there. I said, you need to get there. But you can't have this lazy Passive attitude, well, you know, if the Lord wants me to have anything, then he'll do it. And if not, it's just whatever he wants. No, no, it's a lot more up to us. I said, it's a lot more up to us. You have to want these things. Amen. Now, don't feel bad if you're not there. But don't be willing to stay where you are. Hmm? No condemnation. I mean, it's not a sin to be poor. Just mighty inconvenient. (laughs) Huh? Isn't it? Yeah. Phyllis and I grew up poor. I mean, very poor. I didn't have indoor uh, bathroom until I was in high school. Never had a telephone. We grew up in the sticks. <laughs> and even after Phyllis and I were married, even after I had gone to Bible school, we were still just struggling. I mean, you know, just half nostril above water. Anybody know what I mean by that? I mean just a little bit more, and you're going under. Have you ever wanted to do something that cost $5 and couldn't? Hmm? But you know, when a turning point came in my life, I remembered. I'll never forget it. It had been building in me, and I'd been studying the Word, and I was seeing that it's not God's will for me to be broke all the time. It's not the plan of God. It's not the purpose of God. And I got to the place where I remember I walked in the bedroom one day by myself and shut the door and fell across the bed weeping because I, I wanted to give. I wanted to give to the church. I wanted to help other people. I wanted to do something for my family and just had nothing, just broke. And I poured out my heart to the Lord. I said, Lord, this is not right. I know it's not right. I know this is not you making me like this. Have mercy on me. Show me what I need to see. Wherever I'm making mistakes, correct me, help me to sit. Whatever I don't know that I need to know, that I'm not doing that I need to do, help me, please. How many know the Bible says, when you seek the Lord with all your heart, yes. what does the Scripture say? You'll find Him. He said, call unto me, and what? I will answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And you know, he is so faithful. I didn't have all the answers that evening, but he heard my prayer. And beginning that day, he began to teach me. And it seemed like every day for five years, he was showing me something else. And a lot of it had to do with me just knowing some stuff, but not doing it. Mm Hmm. Hmm? mm -hmm. And some things that I really had known. How many know it doesn't make any difference how much you know? Or how much you say you believe in? it's what you do and what, not just what you do you know one time try it out deal but you do it as a way of life consistently day in day out week after week month after month year after year and you're persuaded that it works before you ever start it and you're not doing it trying it, see if it works That's right. Hmm. That's right. if it's the word it's got to work and you commit yourself to it, and you won't see everything turn around necessarily by the end of the week or by the end of the year. But oh, if you'll stay after it. I said, if you'll stay after it, how many can testify God is faithful? He's faithful. Amen. And I'm telling you, He began to get us out of debt. He began to, I mean, we began to sow and give five dollars here and ten dollars, and then we bumped it up to twenty, and then we got it up to fifty. Amen. I didn't happen Amen. in a month or two now. But then we got it up to a hundred. And I'll never forget the first thousand dollar check I wrote. Really to a ministry. Good. Glory. Yes. That's fun. I said that's fun. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Sure but you'll never get to the thousand unless you do the ten. Yes, right. yes. Hmm? A lot of people are going to do big things when their ship comes in. Uh-huh. But they're not doing anything now. And the ship ain't left port. That's right. Ain't no ship coming. <laughs> and that's another message. Didn't intend to get into all that, but I did. How many believe the Lord will bring you out? Yeah. He will bring you out from being broke to being blessed. He will bring you out from needing everything to being a blessing to many. How many? understand? you can't do anything for people if you don't have anything. You've got to get to the place where you have something, your needs are met, and you have extra. And then God can lead you. It's fun. How many would like your biggest problem to be you're sitting in this service or another service or uh, somewhere and some big mission project is going on and they need hundred thousand to do this or that? How many would like your biggest problem to be you just bow your head and go Lord, you want me to do all of that? Or you want me to do half of it? What you want me to do? Huh? How many would like that? <laughs> well, get after it then. First of all, buy a mom a new dress. <laughs> Honor your mother and father. Yeah. You need to prosper. Mm-hmm. Amen. For your sake, for your church's sake, for your parents' sake, for your kids' sake. You know, the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, some folk like it, some folk don't, but that's all right. <laughs> Matthew, I'm I not taking any of it back. Matthew 15. <laughs> Let's keep reading. He said, verse 6, that they honored not father and mother. And he said, you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Now, that's a terrible thing, isn't it? That the word of God was rendered ineffective. What a statement. I mean, you almost wouldn't even want to say that. What in the world would cause the word to be ineffective? Is there anything Yeah you can choose to believe what men said in the place of what god said so we begin in our first session talking about what is our life foundation what is our life built on and we challenged everybody and ourselves included any time you think of something that you really believe ask yourself the question where's the scripture where's the scripture Anybody want to talk to you about, be open, be teachable. If I'm wrong, I want to know it. But don't just come to me with your ideas. Right? So, well, I'm entitled to believe what I want to. No, you are not. I'm entitled to my beliefs. No, you are not. Nor am I. We have a right to believe the Bible. Amen. And if you can't back it up with solid scripture, then uh, it's not something you should be building your life on. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, we'd like to think, well, everything we believe is the word. But the truth is, there's a whole lot of men's ideas. And uh, the only way you're going to grow is by daily checking yourself. OK, why do I believe that? Where's that at? Where's that at in the Bible? And when you can't find it, that's the thing you ought to just let go. I don't care how long you've thought it, find it before you build your life on it. We talked about, secondly, that God places the emphasis on the inside of a human being, not the outside. We talked about, thirdly, that we identify tradition, whether we're living truth or tradition, a major way is by our mouth. You can tell what people believe by what they say. Out of the abundance of the heart, what does it say? The mouth speaks. speaks. And you can just listen to yourself and you'll tell. Are you speaking the word? Are you speaking some old wives' fables? Are you speaking, you know, whatever you're full of is going to come out of your mouth. If you're full of soap operas, if you're full of sports, if you're full of gossip, or if you're full of the word. Amen. Amen. So we identify ourselves by our mouth. Fourthly, we talked about, you know, last week and the week before, what Jesus despises. How many want to hate what he hates? And love what he loves? Do you? We want to be in agreement with him. And we saw that Jesus despises hypocrisy. And God hates lying. Absolutely. One of the most ungodly, unChristian, unchrist like things you can do is to lie and be false and be hypocritical. That's all kind of intertwined, isn't it? I mean, being a hypocrite is partaking in a lie, presenting something false, putting on a front. How many believe Jesus is real? I mean, there's not the least bit of uh, falseness about him. Not the least bit of being unreal or not genuine. Remember what the scripture said? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit. And how? And in truth. He repeats it again. You know, God seeketh such to worship him. He wants us to worship him, but he's very specific. You understand the least bit of fakery, our falseness will be like a wall between you and God. Because I'm interested you cannot fool him even for a moment. I mean, no need trying. No need putting on anything because he just sees through all of it and just sees right into your heart. And he knows. You know, you hear people sometimes say, man, I'm just so glad when I can get home and just let my hair down and just be myself. <laughs> well, who you been being? <laughs> Now, I know it sounds funny, but really there's a lot to this because people do, many people are very different individuals away from home and in public than they are at home. And that's not right. I said, that's not right. And it wears you out trying to put on a front all the time. I said, it wears you out trying to. Be something and act like something that you're not. If you don't know, you don't know. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Right? right. If you don't understand it, you don't understand it. You are where you are. Not where you'd like to be, but you are where you are. Mm -hmm. And you'll find if you want to receive from God, you have to be honest. You have to be genuine. I said it, you know, we talked about Jesus' fellowship with sinners. It appeared he would rather be around the sinners than the hypocritical Pharisees. Hmm? And I said, and I mean every word of it, give me any day a sinner who knows they're a sinner. Then somebody playing church and putting on a big front and you try to talk to them, you can't get through. And every other breath is a half truth or something. I'd much rather have a guy say, yeah. I got drunk last night. I'm sorry. I messed up. At least we know what we're dealing with. Yeah. Right? right? Then somebody that's got all kind of junk going on and won't admit it, won't face it, won't deal with it. One of the first keys to getting forgiven of your sin. Does anybody know First John 1, 9? Huh? Yeah, I got a few Bible readers here. What, what does it say? If you were what? Yes. I mean, that's first step. If you'll do what? Confess Confess it. I mean, it does no good to come in. Do you understand crying is not repentance? You can come and you can cry until the altar is wet with your tears and never repent. You can feel so bad. You can feel so lousy and so terrible and never repent. God's not interested in you going day after day feeling bad. He didn't want you to feel bad. He didn't want you to be condemned. He came that we might be free from condemnation. Did you hear me? What do you have to do? Confess it. What do you do? Don't come and fall across the altar and make excuses. Well, God, you know, I want to live right. But nobody helped me. And I told them to pray for me. And I don't think they did. And I tried not to do it. But the next. You're getting nowhere fast. Well, I don't know if it's wrong or not. They said it was, but I'm not sure. You might as well just be quiet. I'm serious. If you missed it, you know it in your heart. Your heart bothered you about it. What do you do? Don't go play games. Lord, I did it. It's wrong. I call it sin. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. And he will. Amen. But don't play with it. Amen. Don't you think that's right? right. The Lord despises hypocrisy. He despises lying. Now, i said some strong things about it last week. But listen, friend. If you're even remotely serious about serving God, you need to hate lies. Right. I didn't say you hate people. No. Hate lies. Hate them. And love the truth. That's right. Amen. Amen. And just make up your mind that you are not going to be a partner to a lie in any shape, form, or fashion. Because to do so is to open the door to the father of lies, who's the enemy of your soul, and open up your life to untold problems. Tell the truth. I don't care how much it costs you. Tell the truth. Everybody say it out loud. Tell Tell the the truth. Amen. How many believe that's Christian? That's about as Christian as it gets. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, thy word is truth. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. So we talked about that. But let's go on tonight to this next part. We talked about what Jesus despises. Let's talk about tonight about what he loves. How many think that would be a good idea? What does Jesus love? Turn to, you're already in Matthew, turn over to the 22nd chapter of Matthew. Matthew 22. We are asking and we're beginning to answer the question, what is the most important things to Jesus to God? Because that's what we want. We want His priorities to be our priorities. Right? How many do not like the idea that you might be spending half of your time and half of your energies and money or three-fourths of your energies and time and money on something that Jesus doesn't even care about? Wonder if any of that's going on, though. The Scripture tells us that You know, at the end of our life and at the end of this thing, Christians are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's not to determine whether we're saved or not. Did you hear me? We're saved by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice, and by our faith in that sacrifice, and we're saved now. Did you hear me? If you're not saved now in this life, you won't be later on. No. No. And it's got, you know, there's all these traditions of men. Some people paint the picture that if you'll work real hard and do a lot of good deeds, then when you get to the pearly gates, that St. Peter will meet you. And they'll have the balances out there and they'll weigh your works. And if you were good enough, you get in. And if not, you don't. That is not the truth. I said, that is not truth.
1: That's
0: right. Come on. No. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Amen. Amen. And he is the one who's allowed us access into the kingdom of God. And we are saved by our faith in him. Amen. Amen. What saves you? Well, I'm going to say it a little differently. Your believing that you're saved. Saves you. Your faith saves you. Did you hear me? Based on what Jesus did. So if you're not sure whether you're saved or not, you're in a bad way. Did you hear me? Well, I just don't know, Brother Keith or not. Well, then you need to get that fixed before you leave here tonight. Because if you're not sure whether you are or not, you're not. Right. Now, some folk don't like that, but that's just the worst. Brother Keith, you're just narrow on that. Yeah, and saved. <laughs> the Bible said straight and narrow. Well, Brother Keith, don't you believe that there are many ways that lead to God? Well, what about these people that believe in Buddha? And what about these people that believe in uh, all these other things? No. Jesus said, I am the way. The way. Amen. There are not many ways to God. No, He is the way. And it's not based on your works. Nobody has been so bad that they can't be saved. And nobody has been so good, they don't need to be saved. Right? Every one of us need to receive Jesus. Believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And he said, if you do that, you will be saved. How many believe you're saved in here tonight? Have you done that? Do you believe that? Don't let anybody or anything talk you out of that. I'm convinced. I am totally convinced. Nobody could beat it out of me with a ball bat. That if somebody came up and shot me or ran over me and killed me this evening, I know what's going to happen to Keith. And so what's going to happen? I will slip out of my body. And i look at it and go, I guess that's done. <laughs> and I will go to be with Jesus. That's right. Amen. amen. I said, you think so? No, I'm sure. Why? Because you think you've lived such a good life? Got nothing to do with me living a good life. Got everything to do with Jesus paying the price for me. And I believe it and I've received it. Can you say amen? Amen. Anybody with me on that? Are you in agree? Yeah, all right. All right. And let's take as many with us as we can. Amen. Tell other people, tell them how simple it is. God's not mad at them because they're sinners. He's paid the price. All they need to do is receive him. Amen. And believe that based on what he's done for them, they are and will be saved. And they will be. Now, um, you got your place in Matthew 22? Let me go ahead and read this. Matthew 22, verse 34. When the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question and tempting him and said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? He's asking Jesus, what is the top thing? What's first? What's the biggest? What's the most important? And that's what we're asking here tonight, right? What is most important to Jesus? What does he love? What's the most precious to him? What's the most important to him? Because we want that, whatever's important to him, we want that to be the thing that's important to us. Jesus said to him, you shall what? There it is. I said there it is. In one word. God is Love. What's the most important thing then to him? Love. love. What's the most important thing to him that we be involved in? Love. love. Didn't the scripture say, by this will all men know that you're my disciples if you have this love one to another. Amen. He didn't say because you were baptized a certain way. No. No. He didn't say because your name was on a church road. He didn't say because you prayed a lot. He didn't say because you could quote scriptures. He didn't even say because you had miracles in your life. He said by this. By what? Love. This love. And most people agree with that. But a lot of it's just a mental agreement. And there's no real action. We don't need to find something just totally new most of us. If you've read the words, you've heard the truth. We need to do it. I said, we need to do it. And not be condemned and feel bad because we think we're not doing it. We need to know how to do it. There's a whole lot of people who would do a lot of things if they could just see how. If they just could learn how to put it into practice. Mm -hmm. And I have an excitement in my spirit. Because we're going to do this. I said, we're going to do this. Amen. 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 We, you know, we've just been going a month. And we're laying foundation. And I know in prayer today... I kept getting this in my spirit. I already know some things we're going to do next week and the next and the next. Amen. 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 And I'm going to do a lot of teaching, but we're laying a foundation. And I'm not just teaching to be teaching. We're getting ready to do Amen. some stuff. Yes, yeah. Amen. 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 I'm this is not the mission field. Per se. I mean, we need to bring people in, but most people are not going to come in. Right. Hmm. This is like the locker room, That's right. yeah. and I'm like the coach, yeah. under the great coach and owner. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're gonna draw some plays, yeah. Yeah. and you can't sit in here and go, "Well, whatever it is to be, will be." Uh-uh. No, uh-huh. you got to be jumping up, and down, and go, "Yeah, yeah! yeah. we're gonna win!" Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then we all got to run out the doors. Yeah and do the game Amen Live the life And it is not impossible It is not too hard How many believe God's a good God He's not unreasonable He didn't tell us to do things we can't do In fact Doing what He's told us to do is the only thing that's going to satisfy us It's the only thing that's going to make us happy And until we're doing it there's going to be this big hole in our life and no amount of money will fill it. No amount of stuff will fill it. No amount of involvements and hobbies and everything else. Nothing will take the place of it. That's right. Nothing satisfies like doing the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So if you feel like you're supposed to be hooked up some way, then you need to uh, stay with this until we get this in our spirit. And then I'm going to, little by little, there's going to be some things I'm going to ask you to do. Amen. And you have to decide between now and then if you can follow me or not. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's what We're just getting to know each other. That's all right. I don't expect you to, you know. And I'm going to commit to you that I'm not going to ask you to do a bunch of frivolous things. I'm not going to ask you to do. I'm only going to ask you things if I really believe after prayer and seeking the Lord. That's what he's told me to do. And I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not going to do. We're going to lead. Amen. But we are going to love people. Amen. Whether they want us to or not. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do it. You know, there's no defense against love. Yeah. You can love people whether they want you to or not. They can say, I hate you. We can go, I love you. They're hating us, can't stop us from loving them. Had a fellow follow me down the hall years ago yelling at me. I don't like you. I don't believe what you preach. I don't believe that. I don't like you. And I thought, well, he just kept on. He followed me some more. He said, I said, I don't like you. I thought I turned around. and I said, you don't know me.
1: If you knew me, you'd like me. <laughs>
0: that made him even madder. But why lose your joy? That's right. That's right. Hmm? That's right. Over somebody, and the thing is, nobody get mad at him. I knew where he was coming from in my spirit. He just didn't see some things. Yeah. Well, there was wasn't that long ago. I didn't see those things either. Right. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. And sometimes people, as are being the meanest and lashing out the hardest, they are so confused. They're hurting. They're scared. They don't know what to do, and so they do that. Don't just take it personally and take it to heart and act like you're hurt to the core and can't get over it. Let's grow up. Yeah. Amen. Let's be mature. Amen. I mean, you see a little two-year-old pitching a fit or a lot of times, you know, he's just tired. He needs to go to bed. <laughs> right? <laughs> and have enough sense to know if they were to say something dumb like, I hate you, I don't like you. You don't just go... Really? Oh my Lord Go and hide yourself for six weeks It's a two year old Well I don't care if somebody's 40 years old They might have got saved last year Well they're just a one year old In a 40 year old body It's true Let's grow up Have enough maturity How many understand Think about Jesus See the maturity of him These people spitting on him and slapping him and nailed him to the tree. And he looked down and what did he say? Father, forgive them. them. Do you hear the insight here? They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what's going on here. The devil's using them and they don't have a clue that this is happening. So Lord, have mercy on them. Forgive them. That's reality. And that's real maturity. And that's real love and that's what God loves. That's being like him. Can you say amen? amen. Keep reading here. Jesus said to him, you shall what? Love. What's number one now? Love, love who? Love. This comes before loving people. Yes. Hmm? Yes, if you don't commune with God, you don't have what you need to minister to people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, Mark says with all your strength. Love God. Everybody say love God. Love God. How much? All. I mean with everything it's in you. Everything. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Everything I am, everything I have. Love God. You need to love Him more than you love yourself. More than you love anything. More than you love your profession. More than you love your business. More than you love anything or anybody. Right? He's supposed to be number one. Amen. And you'll find as you love God, things change in your life. People don't have to make you go to church. You don't have to make yourself pray. You don't have to make yourself read your Bible. You take a couple that's in love. Engaged to be married. You don't see him come back. After a date. And go you know I was able to stay with her. And talk for three hours. (laughs) I timed it. And I made myself read her letter today. (laughs) When you're in love with somebody. Huh? You can spend five hours with them and look up and go, oh, we got to go. Just past. When you're in love with God and he's real to you, that's the way prayer becomes. Hmm. When you love somebody and you know they love you and they wrote you a letter and you know they wrote it out of the depth of their being, you enjoy reading it. You want to read it again, right? Yeah, that's the way Bible reading is supposed to be. If you don't enjoy prayer, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy Bible reading, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy church, somebody's not doing it right. It's true. Sometimes it's the whole butt, just the ministers and singers and the congregation. Ain't nobody doing it right. I actually had the Lord say this to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but very distinctly inside me. I was studying on the subject of praise and worship. And the Lord spoke to my heart because I was looking at it. Things that were acceptable to him and things that he enjoyed. He said this to my heart. He said, son, if you're not enjoying it, don't assume I'm getting a lot out of it. (laughs) i never thought about that before. (laughs)
1: Well,
0: God is a person. We're created in his likeness and image. We're a lot like him. Hmm? Minus all the negative stuff. But would you like it if somebody came to you and said, Uh, I'm glad to see you. You're such a good guy. Yeah, you're a good fellow. Glad to see you, yeah. So then it's not okay to go in and go, well, praise you, Lord. Yeah, bless the Lord. Thank you. And you're thinking about what you did at work today. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is lamb. What are we going to eat when we get in this <laughs> The Lord said, if you're not enjoying it, don't assume I'm getting a lot out of it. What does the Lord love? What is first to him? What's important to him? Read it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first Everybody say first. First First and great commandment. I'm purposing in my heart. We, I, myself, Phyllis, uh, More Life Ministries, Faith Life Church, everything I have any say about, we're going to put God first. I want to find out what's first to Him. What does He say do first? What does He say is the greatest and most important to Him? I'm going to stay after it, not just today, but next week and next week and next month. And all this year. Are you with me? And whether this is your church or you just come to visit or whether you're making this your church, either way should be the same. Right? Let's get hungry to see what really is the will of God. What really is His priorities and let them be our priorities. Number one, we know this. Everybody say it out loud. Number one, what is it? Love God. Love God. Love Him. I mean, uh, you know, remember what it was like when you first got saved. Anybody remember? When you first got born again? How real God was to you? How the burden of sin was rolled off of you? And and how tender-hearted you were? and How you'd sometimes just cry for no particular reason? and, And just praise God without any pushing and prompting? We shouldn't have gotten harder than that. We shouldn't have gotten away from that. Let's get back to our first love. Amen? Amen. Let's get back to this tenderness of heart. Let's get back to this reality of our salvation experience. Amen? And even get more so. Not less. More so. God's still real. He goes on to say verse 39. And the second. Everybody say number two. Number two. Number two. The second is like to it. It's like number one. But it's this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He said, and this sums it all up. Love God, love your neighbor. Now, without going into it over in Luke 10, a lawyer came and asked Jesus after that. He said, uh, who's my neighbor? Remember that? And he told him the story of what we call the Good Samaritan. Anybody remember that? And about how one fellow came by and just passed him. This fellow was hurt in the middle of the road. Another fellow came by and just passed him. And then finally somebody came by that wasn't of his people per se. A Samaritan. Somebody not related to him. A different, uh, could have been a person of a different skin color, different culture. But this person stopped and helped him and spent money on him. So he wanted to ask the question, well, who was neighbor to the man laying injured in the road? And he said, well, the Samaritan, the man that helped him. Who's your neighbor? It's whoever you happen to be by. The word neighbor literally means nearby. It's whoever you are close to on any given time. It is the person that lives beside you. But it's also the person you work beside. And it's also the person that you have to strike up a conversation with at the checkout stand. Right? Because if we really believe God's ordering our steps and directing our paths, then He is orchestrating a lot of these things even though we don't realize it at the time. Amen? Amen? And if you find somebody in your path on the phone or in person or ever have, if it's in business or whatever, how many understand that no matter what business we're doing, we always have a greater business? Amen. Hmm? Amen. If somebody's in front of you or beside you or around you, you know why. Why is it? It's for you to love them. Amen. Love them. Now that doesn't always mean preach to them. Right. Did you hear me? Yes, that is right. A lot of times people have been preached at and preached at and they don't want to hear it anymore. And like one individual said, a lot of people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. A lot of times people are not open to hearing anything from you until they can see for real that you do care about them. So a lot of times you may need to you know, buy them a meal you may need to do something for them you may need to just be a friend to them for a while let them know that God loves them and you love them and then after a while if they're open and want to know you can introduce them to your best friend That's right. amen. amen but don't be in a rush watch people's eyes watch their countenance do you understand that there have been people that have prayed the so called sinner's prayer just to get people to shut up and go yes. Yes. and leave them alone well, then were they born again? No. It's not just saying something that saves you. You've got to believe it in your heart. Amen. So you need to monitor people while you're talking with them. And if they don't want to hear a scripture, if they don't want to hear, then the Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Just love on people. Sometimes it may take days. It may take weeks. It may take months. In some cases, it may take years for people want to know anything else about this. But after a while, they should see such reality in your life and see the love of God in you to the degree that they want what you have. They want the one that you know that's giving you this love for them. Number one is what? Tell me out loud. Love God. God. What's number two? Love your neighbor neighbor as yourself. What if you don't like you? (laughs) what if you hate yourself well then your neighbor's in trouble (laughs) God will help you to be at peace with yourself amen and if you are forgiven and you are clean then there's nothing for you to feel bad and guilty and ashamed about because you are clean amen And if God loves you, why wouldn't you love you? The devil will tell you that you're worthless. But if you are, why did Jesus pay so much for you? I said, if you are, why did Jesus pay so much for you? Truth is, you are a a one-of-a-kind creation. There is nobody, never has been, never will anybody be anybody just like you. God created you. You are one of his masterpieces. Now, you we're not complete. He's still working in us, working on us. But don't look at you and tell God that he did a lousy job. Say out loud, I'm a, I'm a masterpiece. One of a kind. One of a kind. Creation of God. Creation of God. Amen. Amen. He thought so much of you, he said money wouldn't buy you. There's not enough silver or gold in the world to buy you. So he paid the last drops of his precious blood. That was the only thing valuable enough to buy you and me. And he bought us and he paid for us. We've got to be valuable. He's included us in his eternal plan of redemption. I mean, this life, this is just a vapor. It's here and it's gone. I don't care if you live to be 130. It's just a few days and then it's gone. This is just faith training school. For us to learn God's ways and learn how to walk by faith and learn how to walk in love. And then the Bible says throughout the ages, we're going to rule and reign with him. As kings and as priests, you're valuable. Say out loud. God loves me. And I love me, I love and I love my neighbor, love my neighbor. As, myself. as myself. Turn with me to Matthew 7, and I think I'm closing. I mean, there's a lot we could say and do, but I don't want to overload you tonight. Matthew 7. Some people are used to going longer, and others are not used to going as long. We have a lot of variety here. Somebody said, how you know? I just know. <laughs> Matthew 7. What does Jesus love? What's important to him? What's priority to him? Love. Number one, me loving God. Number two, me loving whoever's around me. That's my family, my neighbors, my associates, my customers, whoever. I mean, if you're trying to sell somebody something, it's always more important that you love them than that you sell them something. Right? And if you know that this wouldn't be the best for them, and this would just cost them money and not do them any good, you can't in good conscience sell it to them. Hmm? And if you have faith, you don't put pressure on people, because you know if I lose this sale, God will bring me three more to replace it, if I'll honor him and put him first. And you rest. I said you rest and instead of trying to squeeze people and pressure them and and misrepresent things and lie and falsify things. How many understand when you trust God, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to. Can he take care of you? Can he feed you? Can he supply for you? Yes, he can. And no matter what's going on, it's always more important to love that individual than anything else that y'all have going on that day. They should know when they walk away or you walk away or the deal is done that you care more about them as a person than you do their money or than you do anything that's going on. Now that's easier said than done. But Christians, that's what we're about. In Matthew 7, I want you to look at verse 12. These are the words of Jesus. He said, Therefore, All things, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This sums it all up. All things, whatever you would that men should do to you, do that for them. This is the law and the prophets. This is the law of love. You know, we're getting started here. And of course, when you get started, you need everything. And uh, we got project after project after project that we're believing for right now. And I'm not going to burden you with it because you're not my source. Amen. And God's so faithful. But you're tempted to just focus on your stuff and think, well, man, we've got to get our stuff going. But if you do that, you shut off your supply. No matter what's going on with you, you need to be able to look around and see who else needs something. I mean, there's other churches just getting started too. There's all kind of ministries, has all kind of needs. And there is a law of love and a law of sowing and reaping. How many remember in the book of Job, he was going through all this stuff, and the Bible said that God turned Job's captivity when he prayed for his friends. But when you're in all this stuff, it's a temptation to just think about me and what I need. And that's the natural selfish tendencies that all of us have to deal with. What did this scripture say? All things, whatever you would, that somebody, people would do for you, what are we supposed to do? Do that for them. Wonder if this works. I said, wonder if this works. How many would like for somebody to meet you, walk by in the uh, uh, lobby out there on the way out and hand you a hundred dollar bill? Would you like that? If you wouldn't, something's wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said, well, I like to give, but it's hard for me to receive. Then you got more problems than we thought. (laughs) You understand if you can't receive through people, you can't receive from God. And I mean, that ugly, stinking pride about, I can't let you do anything for me. Man, that's some bad stuff. That's another night. That's another message. How many would like for somebody to come and say, you know, the Lord just dealt with me. I'm going to make your car payment this month. Would you like that? Somebody do that for you? Then what do you do? Huh? Do that for somebody. How would you like for somebody to call you up tomorrow? And so, you know I was praying. And the Lord dealt with me to pay off your house. Would you like that? Huh? Then what should you do? You might say well I can't do that. Yeah but you can do something. You can pay half of an electric bill. You can buy somebody a pair of socks. The first time I got a hold of this. We put this into practice. I saw it so clearly. We had a Grand Cherokee we had just bought. It's back in '93, and uh, we put about half the money on it, but we still owed about half. And uh, I saw this, and I thought, "Well, I'm believing and confessing for the money to come in to pay this thing off." And sometimes that's all people do—just make confessions, just make confessions. But it's not just reaping and reaping. What is it? Sowing. Sowing. And reaping. If you don't sow, how are you going to have a harvest? So uh, I began to pray about that. And I thought, well, I want somebody to help me pay this off. Then I should be thinking about what? Helping somebody pay off theirs. Yes. Well, so now you find out what you really believe when you get into this. <laughs> when you start getting in your pocket, when you start writing checks, now we know if you believe it or not. Well, I didn't just go out and do something rashly, but over the course of the next couple of months, I prayed about this. And this preacher kept coming up to me in my thinking. Finally, I went and visited him. His car was parked outside. I said, brother, I said, this is none of my business, but uh, do you owe money on that car? He said, yeah. I said, well, it's none of my business, I know, but uh, how much? And he told me, well, it was just $3,300. But that was a lot to me. At that point, I didn't have an extra 500 But you know, the Lord had dealt with me to pay that off for him. So I said, you know, I said, I'm going to pay this off for you. I said, give me at least a year. That's where I was at. I said, how much is your payment? He said, 300 and something. I said, I'll send you at least that much every month. If I can pay it off quicker, I will. Well, he was happy. I'll be honest with you I didn't know exactly where it was going to come from I just knew in my heart I was supposed to do it so we claimed the money and sure enough every month there'd be at least that much extra would come in and we'd send him his check 330 or whatever it was and it took us how long to pay it off how how long 10 months 10 months paid that thing off I enjoyed that Understand, it's more blessed to give than receive. It's a blessing to take a burden off of somebody, to be an answer to prayer, to help somebody. And you know, it was just a month after that, just a month, I was walking across the parking lot. And somebody yelled, hey, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, wait, wait, wait. And I stopped. And they said, the Lord dealt with me to sow something into you. I don't know what it's for, but he just dealt with me and dealt with me. I got to do this. And he handed me a check and ran off. Well we owed about was it fifteen thousand almost. Fifteen one, I believe it was. And opened up that check and that check was (laughs) fifteen (laughs)
1: two.
0: Glory. (laughs) We got that money over to the bank, paid that thing off, and it just drove better. (laughs) I mean, Somebody said, I wish that happened to me. It don't come by wishing. (laughs) But is it true that whatever thing, I don't care what it is, anything that you would like for somebody to do for you, what what did Jesus tell us? Do that for them. Well, maybe you can't just write a check and pay it off, but you can do something. I said, you can do something, you can make a payment, you can make a half of a payment, you can do something to sow some seed about whatever you would like them to do for you. And isn't that the law of love? That's just one example. I mean, this is true in any area of life, in any case. The law of love, the law of sowing and reaping. Jesus loves it. I said he loves it. I won't take the time, but you know that he said in as much as you've done it, Until the least of these, my brethren. That's your fellow Christian. Then what did he say? You did it to me. Can you buy Jesus a steak? Yeah. Yeah. If you buy your brother or sister one. He takes it personally, doesn't he? He does. Can you buy Jesus a suit? Or a pair of shoes? You can't wire money to heaven, but you can do something directly for him by doing it for a brother or a sister. Jesus said so. Didn't he? Stand on your feet, why don't you? I've gone long enough and too long. We're laying a foundation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray over you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. I've done what I know to do to express the things that you put on my heart. But Lord, I'm asking you to go far beyond what we've said verbally and speak to everybody's heart about this and show them how to put it into practice. And any area that they're believing you for, you know what they'd like for you to deal with somebody to do for them. They're going to open their self up to be used of you to be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Said out loud, Father God. Father God I, want to be a I want to be a blessing. Whatever area... Are areas that you can use me to be a blessing to others, that you can use me to meet others' needs, to be an answer to their prayer. Show me. Put it in my hands. Enable me to do it. If it's already in my possession, put your finger on it. Show me, and I will. Be a, be a blessing. I will, I will be used of you. And, and in sowing, I know I, know. I will reap. I will reap. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information,